Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. And the entire gang is here, including a special guest that will be joining us here in just a little bit. Uh, but welcome back into the program, the entire gang, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. And uh, boy, it has been an interesting week since we talked to you last. We've had all kinds of stuff happen in the college football world. The Big 12 has made their decision on exactly what is going to happen. We know that OU will not play Army, uh, and they'll still play Missouri State. We don't know when the date of that game will be. We still really haven't heard anything from... Uh, Lincoln Riley, other than, you know, one time during opening practice, and we don't even know if they'll be practicing the rest of this week. Uh, we've had some injuries. <laughs> right. We've had all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just been uh, one thing after the other, and uh, let's welcome in the crew. Josh, uh, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm just here, you know, with, with everybody else, just to shit on everybody's parade. Like, let's just make this as bad as possible like let's just how many what can you do to kick us in the balls next basically um well there is news that OU is not going to get scooby williams so i can throw that in there as well Uh, our buddy chad simmons brought that to the board and people are super happy about that news was that i mean a month ago was that even on the radar though no no it it went back to jamar kane tweeting out the the scooby right gifts on uh on twitter and i think everybody read too much like it was more of him nodding to scooby like hey you know i'm letting everybody know we talked today that kind of like it's more about that than it is like oh we're oh you's gonna get that guy he uh, everybody knew that was a long shot it it was gonna be hard to do anyway but at the same time i think it says something he's made it Hasn't he been kind of an Auburn lock mostly? Yes, to be most of the time. time. Yeah, yeah. F- for quite some time. So it to me, it's interesting that Oklahoma's probably third for him right now. I mean, like, I, I know that doesn't count for anything, but in year one, I mean, I don't know how you could think any, Jamar Cain's been anything but a massive success. No, absolutely. Um, well, you know what? That's... Uh... <laughs> Normally, that would probably not be that big of a deal, but you know, after you hear that Caleb Kelly is torn his ACL and and, and uh, Harrington is hurt and uh, and uh, Tanner Mordecai is hurt, and uh, you hear more and more about that, but uh, I mean, it's just and then you have you know practices probably being shut down because uh, the schedule has changed. It's I understand. I trust me. I understand if everyone wants to overreact to every little piece of news that comes out right now. And uh, let's welcome in uh, Eddie Radosovich as well. Speaking of Hi. ray of sunshine, yeah, it's not. It hasn't been a good day. I think today has been a uh, a mental health 
on a one to ten, I would say it's been about a two. I don't feel good about anything right now. It's not. I'm I'm not the most positive person in the entire world today. So just prepare yourselves. Well, and we're doing this on a Wednesday. Uh, it's not every day that you start your day, and Eddie and I are kind of in the same boat. We're scrambling for news in the morning and keeping our eye out while we're doing radio. Uh, and then when the Yukon stuff came out, it was just kind of like those, well, that's one thing that uh, you didn't really expect to see on, on this day, but someone is canceling their football program. Although it doesn't, it's not as bad when you realize that they went independent, uh, sure. which is, you know, kind of the problem that, that uh, Notre Dame would have had if they had not been a member you know, of the ACC and every other sport and been taken in for football this year. I'm so beaten down. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just so beaten down by, I don't know, maybe it's social media just in general, just as far as like anytime any school makes any type of decision or any type of coronavirus test come back out, it's just like it's, it's a bombardment of people that are just like, well, got to cancel the season. You're not going to play football this year. It's like, shut the f*** up. <laughs> we kind of got we kind of got used to like Dan Wolken doing that to us, but that was Dan yeah. Wolken. Now it's I'm trying to stay positive, yeah. but I, it, it's it's been tough. It's been a tough week, and you know with everything with uh, just you know basically realizing that it's August fifth now. Like I remember we were talking you know three four months ago, and the idea of not having something in place by August fifth would have been laughable. And here we are, the morning of August 5th, like the NCAA Oversight Committee is now pushing things back to the 21st. I just, I don't know, guys. We literally have have people issuing statements saying that they will have a statement. I mean, like, (laughs) the Big 12 did it. Joe Castiglione did it. uh, Mark Emmert did it, basically saying, uh, yes, the NCAA wants you to know that we will have a statement tomorrow. Uh, Joe Castiglione was like, we want all of our fans to know that we will have news soon on on what our next statement will be. I mean, it, I understand, like, you have all these season ticket holders, and it, it sounds, uh, bring in Bob Prisbillo, Bob, it, it sounds like, uh, you know, you're kind of starting to trend towards a 25% capacity uh, if you do have fans in the stands, and it seems like a lot of schools are starting to stray away from that 50% they were trying to stick to. Yeah, you haven't seen anyone in a long time go at least 30 to 35%. And what, what this week's really become is like a he said, he said type of week. You had the TCU stuff, you had the Colorado oh, State God, stuff. God, I'm so it, sick of this. It, it, it has just been... Like I said last night, it just, it's might be the craziest week of all of them, and that is just saying something when you think about what 2020 has already brought to the table. Look, we all know football programs have knuckleheads in them, uh, and it just seems like, you know, even though we don't have, you know, everybody's kind of, for the most part, except for Rutgers, who likes to go out and party, um, apparently, because they have 28 COVID, they can't control it. By the way, Nebraska opens with Rutgers. Good luck with that. Um and so it's like you have all these people that really are more watched than they've ever been, so they can't really go out and do knuckleheaded things. I mean, they can, but we haven't had that happen yet. So it's almost like they've decided, well, you know what? Let's try and throw our coach in our in our football program under the bus. Uh, and, and I don't think, you know, I think in TCU's case, Gary Patterson, he admitted he said the word. But a lot of players stepped in and said, well, 
you have to take the context of how he said the word, and he wasn't calling us the N-word. He wasn't calling a person uh, the N-word. Uh, and then the Colorado State thing, there was like four or five players that came in and backed up the fact that Colorado State, that's all they do is warn them about COVID. They have meetings every morning about it. They're not taking it lightly. They're not covering things up. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know. The knuckleheads feel empowered, I guess, because of everything that's going on in society, uh, but they don't realize how, how hard it is to just slip a lie past everybody these days. I think it's pretty simple, guys. If I mean, if that was really happening at Colorado State, which they, they opened an investigation this morning, they're going to look into it. If that's really happening, it's pretty simple. You ban whoever's responsible, whether it be Steve Adazio or whoever, ban them for life. Like, you, we yeah, can't try absolutely. to have a season if that shit's going on behind the scenes. I think Eastern Kentucky, the, the kicker came out and, uh, with, with some pretty, right, yeah. you know, eyebrow-raising accusations. I, I hate to put it this way. I would imagine Eastern Kentucky is going to find another kid that can kick the football. Like, announcing that you're resigning from your position. Shut the fuck up. Just leave. If you don't like it, leave. You know, with, with Eddie's mood, I don't know if this is the right week to start. <laughs> Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. Oh, we're doing that on Friday. Uh, you know, and let me add this in. I mean, is, is there any doubt that the Colorado State claims are more believable simply because Steve Adazio is connected to Urban Meyer? Like, can we all just acknowledge, yeah. like, I, I believe that a little bit just because I, I wouldn't put it past Urban. I mean, the thing about it is, guys, I mean, baseball has shown us if you're going to screw around, you're going to it's going to get found out. I mean, sure. I mean, look, if you if you're let's say Nick Saban is the most evil person in the world and they never report a single positive tests and just let guys play because, you know, they believe that this is all a hoax or whatever and they're not going to get into like they will notice like every week teams that are are taking the right precautions would end up having 10, 15, 20 players infected every time after they played Alabama. And they would be wondering, like, why do all these infections come after teams play Alabama? Like, you would get caught. You just would. I guess I'm just not, I'm, I'm too naive to think that, like, how would coaches even think that they could get away with something like that, I guess would be my biggest thing. Like, are you really that stupid? Are you really well, that stupid? And, I think it's kind of interesting that the schools that are being accused of this kind of stuff, it's just not happening on the bigger programs because the bigger programs can spend the money and do it the right way. Do I believe that maybe a school like in Eastern Kentucky is doing it? Yeah, I mean, I could believe yeah. that. Well, and it's like we talked about, I think we talked about last week, you know, when, uh, I don't know what Bobby Petrino's brother's name is, when he comes out and he's like, yeah, we've had a few cases here and there. Some, not a lot. I mean, it's like... That's not exactly how you should be approaching this. I mean, you should know hard numbers, and you should you should be reporting those like, just like OU is doing. Somebody on my staff told me one of our kids got sick, but I don't <laughs> really remember the details. Like, I mean, come stop, on. stop talking, dude. You, I mean, I guarantee their athletic director was like, "You moron, you're going to cost us six hundred thousand dollars if you don't shut up." Well, and how could I like I just I mean, and I, I know I made the joke about Adazio earlier, but like there's no coach out there that is not aware of the media scrutiny on this right now. I mean, no, no. it's not just the Woken Warriors like there are other people that are very, you know, that are reasonable people that are very invested in this conversation. So like 
I, I just I struggle to believe anyone's that dense to not realize that if you cut corners and do something stupid, people are going to call you out because it's not just about the kids. They're sitting home talking to mom and dad when they go home, and, like, mom and dad are concerned. I mean, they're parents. That's the way that goes. And no one will have to ban you for life. You will be ostracized from the profession. Like, if you did that, you would literally cost your team a season. Uh, and, you know, it, you might get things shut down in your league or across college football. Like, if that was happening, it might be enough to just shut it all down. I, and It'd I mean, be a walking, you, talking show cause. Oh, yeah. I mean, no one would ever hire you again. And then when you're looking at players now with micah parsons sort of being the poster boy you i'm Mm -hmm. wondering we started seeing a more trickle down effect there too it's it's definitely been a crazy week you you just have to go in over the next couple weeks knowing that there are going to be players and maybe from your team uh that opt out and if they do i don't think anybody can judge them it's like that's okay if you want to opt out that's completely fine that's why I've been so surprised by, like, even the NCAA's decision as far as saying, like, every school needs to honor the scholarship. Like, that should be a no-shit type thing. Like, obviously, the scholarship should be honored if a kid doesn't want to play for COVID concerns. Well, and will it be like baseball, too? Like, you know, Lorenzo Cain uh, plays a season, and then the stuff happens with the Marlins and then the Cardinals— uh, and he sees what's going on. He just says, you know what? I can't do this. I'm going to go ahead and opt out now. I mean, like, will you see college football players, if it starts going bad, especially guys that are supposed to be first-round picks, uh, will, you see, will you see them go, look, you know, love you guys, but I have to, I have to go ahead and remove myself the, from this. On the, on the surface, I, I don't know. This might sound really awful, but with the Micah Parsons thing specifically – is he using the COVID stuff as an out to just not play in a season that, let's be honest, it's not going to be a regular college football season. You play the 10 games. Who knows if there's, you know, what, what's going to happen with a, uh, with, a, with a college football playoff. Like, is he just saying, this is kind of an easy out for me to just start mentally preparing to make the next step. I know I'm going to be a top 10 pick. I don't know. Is it, is it awful that I even go to that spot? No, the only thing I would ask is why do you see do you see it differently than Rashad Bateman, or is there a reason you kind of look at that a little bit uniquely? No, I I think I think Bateman's in the same boat. Like same deal. Okay, okay. I don't I don't know. I just I I hate that my mind even goes to that spot, but I could see some players that that know they're going to be first round picks. Like in a way, I it kind of makes sense. Like I I I, I can't judge them for the decisions that they make. Oh, I mean, you yeah, can't not you know, think about guys like Jalen Smith and wonder what they would have done if they could look back. Sure. Yeah, and we, we obviously we had Lincoln Riley on uh, Friday say that no one had opted out, but now after everything that's come out, the Pac-12, Big Ten, all all this talk, I think the only one OU fans really wondering about would be Creed Humphrey in terms of that first round potential guy that that could leave. You you wonder if. Over the course of this last week, if anything's changed among the suits. Well, stick with Soonerscoop.com. We'll have all that news locked up. Dad will let us know. I don't know what that means. I assume you're advising Craig on what his decision will be. Dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, my feelers are just they're fried right now with everything that's going on. I can't judge sarcasm or humor. Just everything is what, what 
Like that's you've lost your affection for your every, son. Every time anyone terrible. asks me a question, it's just like someone's like, "Do you want fries with that?" I'm like, "What? What do you mean by that?" I'm kind of defensive <laughs> about everything. What kind of oil are you using? <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it. And you mentioned the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, uh, and we talked about this a little bit on the board. Uh, there has been, from what we've been told, uh, you know, people in the Pac-12 have reached out or starting to reach out to more and more teams, and Oklahoma has been one of those. And so uh, you are starting to see some of this uh, mobilization, I think. Uh, and I, I don't know how this Big Ten thing came about, but they obviously want a more defined uh, COVID you know, a plan from the conference. Uh, and, you know, I mean, let's face it. I mean, this is how I feel about it, guys. Just watching the NBA and watching Major League Baseball. The only way, you don't have to be in a bubble, but the only way to really keep the numbers down, in my opinion, is testing every day. And I don't think college football is ever going to be in that position. Not only are they not going to be in that position, but I just, I don't know. It, it's kind of, it, it's kind of like what we talked about last week too, with the, the Big Ten. I mean, uh, the with what Oklahoma's done, uh, you know, with the numbers you see out of Texas. I think they released new numbers this morning. No positive tests within the university. It just, I, I hate to say it this way, but it just doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot to me right now without students on campus. And that's the biggest test. I mean, see, like the SEC, I think they have it right. Let's push it back to the end of this, of September. Let's give our students an opportunity uh, to mingle with our players, see what type of outbreaks we have in those situations, and see if it's still controllable. Whereas yeah. the Big Ten, they were the first to say, well, we're conference only, but they're starting when everybody was going to start. I mean, they have games September 5th. They have, I mean, Ohio State plays September 3rd, yeah. Thursday. I mean, Thursday, so September 3rd. And OU was let's go ahead and get get one game in early so we can get it in. Uh, so I'm really confused about you know I guess the Big Ten hasn't been working with anybody this whole time, uh, but it's obvious the Big Twelve is looking more like the SEC is looking at it like mid to late September when they're going to start. I, I think it's well, also that's when they want the conference. That's when they want the conference season. But to But there's start. only one game before that. that. Yeah, non-conference yeah. game to be done. Right, right. And I think it's probably fair to point out or important to point out that, like, the Pac-12 thing, I think, was more – they used the COVID stuff, but, like, that was more social justice. I think the Big Ten stuff that's come out with the Big Ten United this morning is is basically they just want COVID uh, guidelines and protocols or more COVID guidelines and protocols and stuff like that. Is that fair to say? I don't know. Well, I mean, the stuff that the Pac-12 players were asking for uh, was fairly ridiculous. I mean, a 50-50 revenue split, and uh, it, it they were, they really, I mean, they, it was double talk. To say that you want all these other sports funded for years and years, yet you want to take away all their money, too, that is funding them now, like, how is that supposed to work? It was, it, there were parts of it that were really good, and there were some parts of it that were just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you've got to own that what, you know, like, you can't be like, well, we want all these other schools to, f or all these other programs to function. It's not a there. No, you can't have that both ways. Like, you recognize that you take that away, the university can't just create new money. I mean, I get their endowment is there in a lot of these cases, but that will dry up 
overnight if, if you're just going to do it this way, and then you're right back to where you started where the athletic department has no money to pay for these other programs. So you have to acknowledge that, okay, I'm willing to kill those other programs so I can get what I think I deserve. And you know what? It gets talked about all the time. It's all that's ever talked about is uh, they should pay players, and the, the players get screwed in this deal. But, I mean, college athletic departments, yes, coaches make all this much, you know, all this money, and you have all these, you know, people around them that make all this money. Uh, but essentially, you do need to give college sports some credit. They allow people to go to school on a scholarship that doesn't, in their sport, doesn't generate revenue. So, I mean, it's not like they aren't doing something good with all that money. So, I mean, for people to pretend like, you know, just football players are getting screwed in this deal. Yeah, they are a little bit because they do help generate a bunch of money, but that that money goes to help other students just like them play sports that may not be. I mean, it is it's essentially an Olympic model. Yeah, I mean, if if you're gonna start, if if you are gonna give the football players what, uh, you know, I think the football players think that they should get, you better be willing to go across the hall and tell the women's you know softball program or whoever, they're not playing there anymore. And we're doing away with Title IX, by the way, too, if that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think that's the only way that it would be sustainable. But I, at the same time, I do understand that, like, a C.D. Lamb probably should get some type of money out of what he gave to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, guys, uh, we're going to take a little time out from our discussion because uh, we're going to welcome in a uh, special guest, I think somebody uh, brought this up on the board that we should do this. And so I said, yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, and bring in Gabe Eichard. Uh, so, uh, all right, so uh, here is uh, our special guest, uh, Gabe Eichard, uh, joining us. And Gabe, let's get this out of the way real quick. Uh, you've got a new podcast going. Uh, fantastic, you and Teddy Lehman uh, doing a podcast together. You bring a lot of, obviously, football insight as former players, but... Uh, as part of the broadcast team, uh, tell everybody about, you know, I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, you know how to get a podcast. I know you're on iTunes and Spotify and everything else, uh, but tell people the easiest way to kind of get your podcast. Yeah, you can find the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman on all the major podcast platforms. We also put a YouTube video of each episode up. You can just search the Oklahoma Breakdown. You'll be able to find it there on YouTube. But, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. You know, clearly a big OU football emphasis on there. But we talk Oklahoma City Thunder. We talk college football in general. Usually take a look at kind of the biggest stories in the national college football scene. And then we just have a good time. It's a lot of fun. And Teddy has been incredibly easy to work with. And we certainly – don't take ourselves too seriously, boys. Similar to what you guys do on the unofficial 40. Nobody wants to see our shit on YouTube. Uh, we want people to listen to our show. So it's best that they don't see us. I think we figured that out. See, I disagree. Uh, I think that a uh, a video component would bring a lot to your guys. Just so we could yeah, see Yeah, if you hell. look decent like you do, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's good. I, if you I look like us, see. it's not. Nobody needs to see us. I just want to see what the hell Eddie is doing when you guys are recording the pod because it always sounds like he's doing something. I'm smoking weed and tanning. I'm in a tanning bed right now. 
see, that would that would be a great YouTube video if you were just you putting yourself on mute and just ripping the bong in between <laughs> Carrie's hot takes, Josh breaking down some prospect. It would be great. Just Elon Musk in it up in here. <laughs> yeah, like Joe Rogan, man. Take I have to side with Carrie. The Laramie Tunsil gas mask. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever asked for video of our pod. Like I don't. Think no, that's nobody's ever been like, dude, you really need to do a video. Like I'd really like that. No, nobody's well, asking for that shit. Now I hope that everyone that's listening to this, everyone that's listening to this, tweet all of these guys and say that you now want a video component, just because I want Terry to have to do more work. Yes. <laughs> that all right i'm just gonna say so, that so right now, now i think that the video component would fall on my side of things i don't do it do you, do you have to drive down here and set up my camera do you Go guys ahead. uh control your language <laughs> since you have to be you know you are part of the broadcast team like you don't want to be you know anybody from ou to call you say hey you know cut that yeah, stuff out that's please not really something I've thought about, uh, I have no problem. Teddy's not a big cusser anyways. Yeah, I can I see that. I know it's kind of weird yeah. for a former football player, but even like when we're you know, on the road doing the OU games and stuff, he's not a big cusser. Me, on the other hand, I, I mean, I cuss like a sailor. So I, I try to not drop a ton of F-bombs, but yeah, if I get rolling, I, that's not something that I think about at all. Unlike really? now, once again, unlike Eddie, I, who that he 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 takes it as a challenge to see how many he can drop in an episode. I think he hit one nine seconds into the pod today. Well, and right. we, you and know, we go, with Eddie. Bishop McGinnis being a sponsor for you guys, we don't want <laughs> Sister Sanchez giving you a call and telling you you need to come into uh, confession on Wednesdays. Hey, th- this is the truth, and shout out to Carrie for helping me out with all of kind of the logistics of the podcast and even some of the contract stuff. Yeah. I can say whatever the fuck I want on my podcast because the sponsor signed a contract that says I can. Okay, boys. So <laughs> it's, it, it's in writing. They know what they signed up for. That being said, you know, we don't, we don't say anything crazy on there or anything like that. We're mostly just talking sports you know, some current events, stuff like that. So I guarantee you there is an iTunes review that says something along the lines of this. Uh, Thank God uh, this is a family-friendly podcast I can listen to, unlike that oh, other group uh, who the- consistently uh, display horrible language or something along on those the, lines. On the contrary, Carrie, one of the like first uh, I, um, whatever you call it now, Apple podcast yeah, reviews Apple reviews, got yeah. was like, would recommend this to family and friends, but foul language. Okay, good. I yeah. was like, oh, I was like, you got to be shitting me. Like, <laughs> we said five cuss words and in an hour and a half, and you think that's foul language? Like, that's not reality. Do people know how people actually talk in their day-to-day lives? Don't like, you so badly want to be able to answer some of those assholes on on I the iTunes reviews? I just don't get it why that offends me. I, Oh, you're going to get Eddie on a roll here. I mean, yeah, you you two are of the same mind there. Hey, you mentioned you mentioned uh, being on the road. What uh, I mean, like we, you and I, both big Thunder guys. uh, You've seen kind of what they're doing. I'm sure you're curious uh, as to kind of how they've handled that. uh, You know, being they they actually set them in the arena while they're playing the games in the bubble. 
are there is there anything you can tell us about how this is going to affect you guys as broadcasters uh, this season? Do you know any anything up to this point? Yeah, all the details up to this point are about home games, right? We've had discussions. Sounds like we're only going to be able to have four people in the booth. So that eliminates a couple of people. And we are, we're kind of in discussions right now with Joe Castiglione and the leadership there about the sideline situation. So normally it's me and Chris Plank on the sideline. I'm not sure we're going to get two people on the sideline. We may only get one if we get one at all. And if we get one, it's going to be Plank because he's just better at the sideline gig than I am. Oh, I think, I, I I think rather... death by combat is how that needs to go, just like Game of Thrones. Oh, I just I would like Sorry, to Plank. trial by combat. <laughs> trial by I, combat, I yeah. That, I think that Plank – uh, if we're able to do it, I'm sure Plank will have to wear a mask and maybe even a face shield, something like that. But hopefully Plank will be on the sideline. We'd have Teddy and Toby in the booth along with an engineer and a spotter. So those are the four I'm thinking that would be in the booth. And then we've had some discussions about where I will be. And, guys, I kind of just want to do it from one of the suites, right? Maybe I've got well, know, you... vodka soda to my right, snack <laughs> to my left. I think there are but... FCC rules against that, actually. Uh, well, you, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. Let's the, the, let's stop we'll being modest. Down. Let's stop being modest. Not a suite. You'd rather do it from your suite. That's well, my wife's suite. Yeah, you know how that works, boys. But it, there has been that's been a serious discussion. Is that if I'm not able to be on the sideline, which we're still not sure about, that I may be in a suite or a blocked-off section somewhere just sitting in the stands. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm i easy. You know, I, I really don't care if I can't be on the sideline. I just want to be there, be able to bring, you know, some good analysis, you know, see it through the lens of a former player. Because there's going to be a lot of people – let's be honest, guys. There's going to be a lot of people – listening to the broadcast on the radio this year. Yeah, yeah. Normally wouldn't be. Yeah. So we're going to try to give OU fans the best product we can give them, and I'll sit wherever the hell they need me to sit. I'm easy, man. So, yeah, it's it's a work in progress. But then as far as road games go, from the discussions we've had, it it sounds like we're just going to be at the mercy of – the rules that each university has in place. So whatever they kind of tell us we get, that's what we get. We normally travel with the team. I normally fly with the team. I would be surprised if I get to fly with the team, even if I'm doing the, you know, the pregame television show and the in-game radio call. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be offended if they say, hey, Gabe, we don't have a seat for you on this plane. But we'll have to figure out how to get to the away game. Guys, all I care about is that there are games, right? Let's just try to make this work. It's going to be weird. Everyone is going to be pissed off. I understand it, but I'm just hoping we get some football. That's that's really the bottom line. Guys, you go ahead and jump in here. Uh, ask Gabe anything you want. Yeah, it was. I, I guess the the first place that I would start, Gabe, is just from a you know a, a player's mindset. What I, I know that you haven't been down there, and it might be hard to tell, but like from a mentality standpoint, I have to imagine 
it's pretty damn hard to wrap your mind around playing football right now with everything else going on. Or is it one of those things that it's a release and you don't have to think about all the bullshit that's going on when you get out to the football field. And I mean, I, I just, I, I have a hard time envisioning what this is going to be like being that we are right now, technically, I guess, 20, 24 days away from the open, or even though that's going to be moved. Listen, football players want to play football, man. Now, I know that, and just kind of putting, trying to look at it how I would have looked at it when I was 20 years old, right? Yeah. You understand what's going on in the world, right? Especially in this country. It's impossible if you are on Twitter or you watch television to not see all the coronavirus coverage. Like, you know this shit's bad. Like, we all know that, right? These college kids, they're not stupid, they know what's going on, but they're, they're there to play college football. It's what they want to do. Now, are there more risks than normal in the current environment in college football? You're damn right there are. But you just the, – probably the hardest part is you just have to trust that your coaches and the administration and the leadership at the university you're, going, you're playing at that they have your best interest in mind all the time. And the most important thing for college football players right now is to be accountable. Listen, some of the best parts about being a college football player are the perks, right? The notoriety, the recognition, you know, people knowing who you are, having a good time off the field because you're a football player. Like, that, that comes with it. Well, that stuff, that stuff is what's going to get the season canceled, right? You can't go out to parties. You can't be around people that you don't know and trust because the season is riding on you being responsible and accountable. I mean, that's just the truth. I would so, have to imagine just as a former captain, like – I just wonder what those conversations are like right now inside of an Oklahoma locker room and how much worry does a guy have to be put out when you think like, God, I hope this walk-on doesn't go over to Logie's this weekend or go over to seven. And then we're all. Right. No, I'm with you. And just, I would have approached it this way uh, because when you're talking about a place like Oklahoma, you're, if you're playing at Oklahoma, you, you have aspirations of going and playing in the National Football League. And I would have friend go, hey, guys, if we don't play games, then none of us get shit on tape and none of us are going to the league. Right? Because that's how a lot of these guys think. Now, I also would just say, hey, don't be a selfish asshole because it really takes what one guy – maybe a guy that doesn't even play, right, to make some bad decisions off the field and cause an outbreak in the locker room. Especially when you're so, not testing every day, yeah. Right. So it it's just important to continuously preach the message of accountability. If you're one of the leaders in OU's locker room, we're in any locker room right now in college football. It, it, Dave, the message how, has to be how, uh, how tough would it be to stay physically fit 
throughout the quarantine period. I know we're here in the first week. We're hearing about injuries to Caleb Kelly and Tanner Mordecai and people like that. Does that have anything to do with the fact that they hadn't been really around the facilities and going through their normal training thing, or is that just a product of what can happen during camp? That's just a product of what can happen during camp. Listen, they got sent workouts. Oh, you sent them everything that they could send them equipment wise. It's on you to be in shape and to be ready and ready to go. I mean, you've got all the workouts and instruction you could possibly need. I know a lot of guys, if you had, limited access to equipment well guess what find some heavy shit and lift it <laughs> right like let's let's be real it, let's stop let, i know some people are like well they didn't have these state-of-the-art facilities listen people survived for decades nfl players survived for decades just showing up for training camp and getting in shape after they got there yeah like i i know that you know working out and the health and wellness and nutrition aspect of things has really ramped over, ramped up over the last couple of decades. Like I understand that, but this happens every training camp, even when guys have a full off season, guys tear their ACLs guys, you know, have hammy issues like that. Th those things happen. It's part of the sport. It's part of athletics. So I understand the injury concerns, right? And when you look at OU last to report first to practice, when bad things happen, those things are going to get mentioned, and they should. But yeah, I think that I, I think that those things happen as part of football. But I, I don't buy the oh these guys weren't able to stay in shape during the quarantine. That's bullshit, man. Listen, if you got a street, if you got a big old patch of grass somewhere where you live, just go run around. Like, you can do enough body weight stuff now. There's no, there's no exercise that's going to get you in football shape. I mean, football, it's, it's weird how it works, but you got to play football to get into football shape. That's just how it works. But, I forgot who it was, but I, I'm pretty sure that there was a I, – I, it was a kid from Texas, but he made a, like a fucking weight room out of like cinder blocks in his back. He went to like Home Depot and no, put together he, two by yeah, fours. He went to Home Depot and like put con he put like quick creep and let it uh let it form in like buckets and turned it into a bench. Like I and I, I I didn't expect a bunch of guys to do that type of stuff, but listen, with the type of training that they've received up to this point and the resources they had at their disposal I, I can get maybe being not as strong because maybe you didn't have access to the amount of weight you needed, but to not be in good cardio shape is just ridiculous. Like, go outside and run around. It's not that hard. Gabe, um, just in terms of, you know, this season, I mean, how, how, do, how do you feel about whether there's going to be a season or not right now, I, today? Um, I am cautiously optimistic is how I'd say that. And just being, just being honest, the one reason that I think college football happens is money. And we've, it's been well documented over the last couple of months, right? The financial issues that colleges and universities would have if college football gets canceled altogether. So, 
Now, I continue to remind myself that the most important thing is the health and well-being of the student-athletes, the coaches, of the fans, of everyone, right? This is a public health crisis. But then I also remind myself that money seems to rule everything in this country when you think about it. I mean, it just does, if we're being honest, right? And there's so much damn money at stake that I think, I I at least think we're going to start, right? I think the season's going to get off the ground. And the big question becomes, do they play the whole season? Can, Can they make it through a season without significant disruptions? Now, are there going to be teams that miss games? Yeah. I, I think there I, I think that's inevitable. I think if you ask any college football administrator, hey, do you think every team will make it through the season? Not a single one of them will say yes. I mean that's just that's just not living in reality. But yeah, I, I know a lot of people are worried, and I'm certainly not not worried. But I just keep reminding myself that. Money seems to be the driving force if behind you, some of this stuff, and it, it, it's just so influential. And people do crazy shit for money, guys. If you if you've had like, let's say you've had like an Alabama uh, or a Texas or a USC, uh, somewhat in their conference that maybe went undefeated, or multiple teams like this that that missed a couple of games because of you know COVID outbreaks and stuff like that. Do you, do you just, do you think that everyone has to reconvene at the end of the season and say, do we have a playoff? Do we play for a championship? Or is that just going to become part of it? Like whoever can play the most games and win the, win the most is going to go. Cause I mean, there could be really good teams that won't make the college football playoff because maybe they had an outbreak during the season. Right. No, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, like if in Alabama they only play eight games while, you know, another team plays ten, maybe another team plays nine. But, listen, that's why those people are on the college football playoff selection committee, right? I I have very, very little faith that the kind of minor bowl games get played. I did that, that I'm the same it, way. That, yeah. that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. It sounds stupid to me, honestly. Now, I do think the college football playoff, let's say we make it through the season with, you know, few enough dis- disruptions to keep this thing going. I think they're going to play the college football playoff. And you, you guys want to take one guess as to why I think they will? I think, and I think they expand it to six for one year just so every conference can get a piece of the pie. And one group of five can get a piece of the pie. Correct. And it's because of money. Yeah, money. It's all yeah. because of money, um, which is fine, which is fine. But I, I think that you picked your four. I would love, hey, if you expand it to eight this year, that'd be fun. But then again, playing more games, getting more kids involved, getting more coaches involved, uh, that's you know that makes it more risky, right, the more people you get involved. So I do think they'll – try to play the college football playoff, and listen, the way I see it, 
let the playoff selection committee pick their four teams that they think are best. They'll have a criteria. Everything's not going to be even. And let's all just not bitch about it and live with it for this one year, right? Uh, I mean, there's, there's nothing normal about what is about to happen with this college football season. So it's just ridiculous to expect the selection process and for the committee to approach this as normal. It's just impossible yeah. if it comes to that point. So I, I know that one of the things that really brings us all together with college football is the fact that we all get to bitch about essentially everything that happens, especially when it doesn't go your team's way. Like these shared human experience about complaining about things in college football, it, it is a uniting force amongst human beings in this country. But I, I kind of am taking this approach. It's guys, let's just let's just take it for what it is and just hope that we get to that point. And if we do, let's just not complain about it because then we're going to get a college football playoff and hopefully the Sooners are in it. But if they're not, if they went nine and one in these 10 games and they put some other teams in because OU didn't have a tough non-conference opponent, then yeah, am I going to complain? Probably, but I'll also say, you know what? Year's just weird. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Gabe, I know you got stuff to do. You got to get to uh, your job at uh, Sirius Radio. So uh, we appreciate your time. And the Oklahoma Breakdown, you and Teddy Lehman's a great podcast. Can't recommend it more. Uh, and I think we all know there's room for, for plenty of podcasts out there. So uh, we wish you guys all the success in the world and uh, appreciate you joining us. And hopefully we can make this more of a, a reoccurring thing on the unofficial 40 and, and uh oh eddie will be oh, am, uh, I, am i gonna be a recurring guest on here uh i would love that i think everybody would love let's that. go <laughs> by the way I just no matter that so that you would have to edit that out yeah thank you another you and eddie together you're you're you're, you're, problem. you're gonna you're gonna fit around in here by the way uh don't let eddie into your suite because by the time the season starts he'll probably be working on his third bout of covid well, oh, I was gosh. thinking yeah. about Gabe was saying that people have always said they wanted the scoop HD overhead shot. I think setting up out there on the balcony would be perfect. <laughs> hey, man, I if I have to sit in the stands, I'm thinking about maybe selling you know those you know those like minute made like frozen things. Maybe I'll sell those while I'm sitting in the stands. Yeah, you too. remember when Mo Dampier was sitting at the spring game in the stands eating one of those things, lemon chills? Those, Is that those, what they're called? First of all, those things are delicious. They are good, yeah, but. I could probably multitask in the stands while I'm, you know, analyzing the game. I think maybe I can set, you know how Toby Rowland wrote a book. Maybe I can set up a book stand to <laughs> sell some copies of Unhitch the Wagon for him. I, I don't know. I've, I've been workshopping some stuff, guys. I'll be fine, though. Don't worry about me. You know, I think one of those lemon chills, people like them so much, is because the only time you ever have them is when you've walked 72 miles at Six Flags. And anything would be fantastic at that point. It's also, it's brilliant because they're so tart that they make you thirsty. So you either get another one of them or you buy more concessions. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Eddie, big concessions. They're geniuses. Watch out for those people. They always have been, and they are probably particularly uh, interested in f***ing up this year with Big Bread, Big Dairy. I know they're all in cahoots. There's no doubt. All right, Gabe, I appreciate it, man. 
All right, boys. Appreciate it. Uh, Oklahoma Breakdown, all podcast platforms. Uh, go get subscribed to that on uh, Apple iTunes as well. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. All right. Uh, appreciate Gabe being a part of this, so we can move on. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, I know Bob's got to get out of here for some uh, stuff, and Josh and Eddie will uh, continue as as well. Guys, anything else that you just want to hit? I mean, we really – I guess we should just kind of go over all camp information and injury information. Uh, we put it out there this week that uh, Caleb Kelly uh, likely torn ACL, done for the season. He even uh, managed to quote tweet that. And and I, I think the one thing about Caleb Kelly is, is guys, we all kind of use the same word, just heartbreaking for the guy. I mean, we've known him since he was a junior in high school – Covered his rivals camp out in L.A. Uh, covered uh, covered his, his his trip to Baltimore to the five star challenge. We've known him for a long time. Super sweetheart of a guy. Just just probably the last person on that roster you wanted to see uh, end up his career like that. Prob- maybe possibly end his career like that. Uh, yeah, I mean Caleb's a guy that you know, like you said, I, I've been dealing with him since OU offered him and he was a sophomore in Fresno I mean this is a kid I know well and I you know I have to say I can't think of many players that would have rolled with that as well as he did you know we we broke the news he quote tweeted it like it, it he's that's just who Caleb is like there's that's not a show that's not a you know a, a kind of social media created personality that's who Caleb is he's just very easygoing and the guy that you kind of thought Maybe this is his year. Maybe this is the year that he finally gets. It all kind of comes together. He's in something that fits him. He's going to play a role that will work for him. And then this happens. And you're like, man, this. I, you hate the expression can't catch a break when it comes to an injury. But that's what it feels like. He just Every time Caleb feels like he's been on the verge of something, something like this happens. Yeah, it's just awful. I mean, I, I remember uh, going out to Los Angeles to cover him and Bryce Youngquist at the Rivals camp. Uh, going into the senior year of his, uh, going into his senior year. So it's, uh, it's just heartbreaking. Uh, you know, I, I guess the one thing that does make you feel good about, I don't even know if you it, it feel good is the right way to say it, but he's going to be okay when this whole thing, like he's going to have a career in, uh, broadcasting if that's what he wants to get into. I know he's really involved with, uh, some stuff over at Gaylord. Uh, you know, whatever, uh, is the future for Caleb Kelly is, uh, is, is going to be very positive. And I think that, you know, we've probably seen uh, the last of him in an Oklahoma uniform, which is sad. And uh, to a certain extent, you, you left kind of feeling like you want more. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, man, he had, I get he's, he's been a, a very productive member of society as far as, uh, as being somebody that will be a graduate of the university of Oklahoma. And I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast uh, know that. So it's just, it's just sad the way that it's uh, you know seemingly going to end. Will he get a six year of eligibility? I I don't know, guys. I I think that I would probably tell him he probably needs to try and if he wants to go play professional football, uh, go through the rehab process and and try to go make as much money as possible. Uh, and you know it, it's just sad, but at the same time, I guess you're left with the kind of memories like uh, you know the the one that comes to mind is the the scoop and score against West Virginia. Uh, you know what was that? The TCU uh, two national years championship. Ago. Or the, uh, uh, Big 12 know, trying to come back last year, even, uh, you know, the Auburn uh, Sugar Bowl is probably the best game of his yeah. career. So uh, it's just sad. It, it sucks the way that it ended up kind of he unfortunately maybe goes on that list of five stars that never really, I guess, in a way met 
their expectation at Oklahoma. But, uh, you know, again, it just it, it sucks that it happens to him. Uh, couldn't say enough about Caleb Kelly, the person. Well, and the other, uh, you know, I wouldn't say uh, tragic news, but definitely surprising news, uh, Tanner Mordecai uh, getting hurt. And I think, you know, everybody asks us, what he do? what he do? Apparently it's a hamstring, uh, which, you know, we've always talked about his tree trunk legs and a pretty severe injury. And I know some people have, uh, I think Teddy Lehman uh, had said that, uh, you know, he, he might not even be healthy enough before the opener. Uh, of course, if that was August 29th, so it sounds like a pretty severe uh, hamstring injury that he suffered. Uh, and I mean, look, I think we all believe Spencer Rattler was going to be the starter, but quality backups are very hard to come by. And, you know, you're talking about playing a walk-on and you're talking about living in the age of COVID. If Spencer, Spencer Rattler, I think he's already had it, to be honest with you. I've heard uh, that maybe he was one of the ones that had tested positive. Uh, either before or when he got to campus. So maybe that's not going to be a factor for him. But, uh, you know, that's one of the things that you worry about. I mean, we don't know if you can't get it a second time. Um, I think Oklahoma fans know all too well that you don't care about the backup until you absolutely have to. And too often that has happened before. And, you know, specifically like the running back position where – you look at the depth chart, and it's like, oh, they got five guys that could all carry the ball, and then all of a sudden... You got one game where you only have one season, available guy, yeah. Yeah, you're going up to Ames and having to play a fullback at running back because, you know, Joe Mixon did whatever, which, by the way, he looks unbelievable in the pictures that the Cincinnati Bengals put out. We can get into that later. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's certainly... It's an issue. Uh, if And just not having the reps, not having the spring ball... Uh, to to go through yeah. and get reps for whoever, whether it be uh, you know a, a Tanner Shaper or uh, whoever, uh, you know, I'm completely blanking on uh, Morris's first name now. I'm gonna hate Chandler. myself for that. Chandler, God, I just could not think of it. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting if that if they have to go to that direction. Guys, could you see this as a silver lining for the quarterback situation? Like Eddie was just saying. There were no reps in spring practice or, you know, very limited, a couple days there. So is this better? Because Lincoln Riley, there's no reason to play the game. You don't have to – you can go with the decision everybody thought you were going to make anyway. Make Spencer your starter for day one, and then you have that opportunity to give him all those extra reps, and maybe he makes up some of the ground that he lost in the spring. Yeah. Um, I – I, I think it, yeah, there is some positive to it. Uh, and I mean, then I hate we'll to, get more. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, with just two scholarship quarterbacks, well, I mean, Chandler Morris included, uh, Chandler Morris's reps were not going to be, you know, extensive, especially, you know, even though Lincoln says they're not cutting back anything on practice, you got to think that most of the reps were going to, it, I, I almost think like they're going to have to invent reps for guys because uh, they don't want, Spencer Rattler, you know, throwing his arm out in camp because he's taking too many reps. So I think he was going to get a max number of reps regardless. Um, so I don't really know that I buy into like it being a positive for Spencer Rattler. He was going to get ready to go, even if if Tanner Mordecai was there. I think. And I'm I'm particularly confused about what is going to happen with practice over the next 
however many weeks until you know they figure out the season opener. Does OU have to stop practicing for yes. NCAA purposes? I mean, it's expected that they will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just didn't know like what the steps were as far as like how many practices can be made before the opener. I don't know. It was. Just, it's been very confusing to me. Right until we hit that day when the Power Five tells the NCAA basically to piss off. <laughs> right, which which feels be, more and more imminent than ever. Yep. <laughs> By the way, uh, Josh had uh, it, had reported on this uh, earlier. God, I don't even know what day it was. I don't know what day anything is over the weekend. I guess, uh, but Justin Harrington, which is the most ironic thing of all ironies. Uh, you and Bob spent so much time tracking whether he was going to show up at Norman. Uh, I mean, multiple hours checking the, the OU people search every day to see if he was in there only for a guy to come to campus, uh, and, you know, have a knee injury of his own. And it looks like it's, it's, it's fairly serious from everybody I've talked to that he'll probably be done for the season as well. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of optimism when I first heard about it. Um, you know, and the thing is, you know, we, Bob asked Gabe, you know, kind of, could some of these injuries be involved with the guys not having their normal workload through the spring and the summer and that kind of thing? You have to wonder if there was guy that, uh, a guy that is kind of a point in that direction. It's got to be Justin Harrington, right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't at home and working out and doing some other things, but like Gabe said, you can't pretend to be in football shape. You either are or you aren't. And so I, I, I'm very interested to see kind of how that um, – well, I mean, I'm guessing not interested to see. I mean, I, I just – I think that is an interesting point to look at. And it's what we've talked about when everybody said, oh, well, we won't do summer, no spring practice, and they're just going to play in the fall. Man, there, there's risk to that too. Like, it's not all straightforward and everything just comes off like you want it to. Yeah, and I, I mean, look – Everybody is every person, every every able body is. I think everyone in their mind makes them out to be the key uh, to how a season's going to go. And then when it, you know, you hear someone gets hurt, uh, the fact is we don't really know if Caleb Kelly was going to be a great middle linebacker at Oklahoma. We don't know if Justin Harrington was going to figure into plans. Um, you know, I, I I still think you know keeping guys like Trey Norwood healthy uh, is really big. Uh, uh, Delarian Turner yells really big. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler, obviously really big. And, and you want, you know, with the receiver situation that you got going on with Trajan Bridges being suspended, Jaden Hazelwood being hurt, you need all your receivers. You need Theo Howard to be ready. I don't know if he'll be 100% when the season starts, but you don't need Theo, uh, Theo Weiss to get hurt. That's that, yeah, Theo Weiss to get hurt. You don't need Charleston Rambo to get hurt. I mean, there, there are some key guys. Uh, but, you know, defensively, I can't really sit there and say, you know, any one guy is a loss because, you know, maybe Bryson Washington will be a guy. Maybe Woody Washington will be a guy. We just don't know. We have to see kind of camp play out before we know if there's any depth building, uh, especially in that secondary, that's going to make him better. It's certainly not going to be just one guy here or there getting hurt that's going to doom them with, you know, the depth that Alex Grinch has built over the last couple of years. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, that's... Josh, I, I, I was just going to say, it's like, I feel like myself in, is included in the boat of people that kind of put a whole lot of stock into the arrival of Justin Harrington. Like, he was going to kind of be the savior of the position, and now you're back to square one where you were a week ago, right? 
Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's the tricky part. Now, I will say, talking to some people, you know, I think it's it's one of those deals where it's a better situation than it was a year ago when there was nothing known at safety. And I can remember at this point in time, you guys were meeting with Alex Grinch, and it was just kind of a we're waiting for somebody to step up at safety. It felt like you know Turner Yale pretty quickly was a guy that he kind of liked, but other than that, it was just kind of up in the air. And you know, obviously, Pat Fields came on had a nice season. But this year, I mean, you've got guys like Criddell. You've got a young guy in Bryson Washington. You have some talent there that can help you. Now, whether it's ready or not, that that's a question all you know that that we just can't know right now. But at the same time, you do see bodies there. Where last year it was kind of like, I mean, you look at it, guys. You know, Turner Yell goes down, and they had to put Justin Broyles out there. Clearly, that was a problem they couldn't really cope with, and so. You're seeing, like Kerry said, the talent is is getting better. It's still very young, and you don't want to get in that situation, and you kind of hope Justin Harrington would make it in the spring or at least the summer so he could go through workouts and be as ready as possible. But I, I guess I'm one of the guys that had big hopes for him way back in December. But at this point, I feel like he was almost destined to redshirt anyway. By the way, what happens to that 50-50 split if you have a season-ending injury? Do you, do you, like, get cut out of the payments? Well, I mean, do you... Do you lose your scholarship, too? Because your yeah. payments are paying for your scholarship? Well, and yeah, do you, you give 50% if the school loses money? I'm sorry, do you guys I mean, are talking at the same time. I didn't get either of those points. Go ahead, Eddie. I was just kidding. I said you lose your scholarship because you're a pussy and got hurt. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I, my, my problem with that is so many of these guys don't see the athletic departments in a lot of cases are not making money. Yeah. So what are you, uh, if you, as a 50, 50 split, you're an owner. Are you going to help make up that money that got lost? Of course you're not. And that's okay. You're not, it's not to be expected, but you can't, uh, like you can't take on ownership roles and not accept ownership responsibilities. Yeah, I mean it's it's your more more money, more problems. I mean that's kind of how that goes. Uh, yeah. Okay, so look, we've talked. It's been an hour. We've talked a lot about the potential of the season, injuries, uh, all of that stuff. Um, we'll continue to track it throughout camp to see exactly uh, who survives because it seems like it's a bit of survival out there right now. Uh, but is for recruiting, Josh, now that camp has started, is some of that, I mean, the official offers went out, uh, that was kind of a big day, uh, but is it, can you tell a little bit that the coaches are kind of having to focus back on football now? Yeah, I mean, you're still hearing guys talk about virtual visits. Um, interestingly enough, they, they've had a couple with guys from Bishop Gorman, uh, including Cyrus Moss. Uh, they've, they've got several offers in the 2022 and 2023 classes in Las Vegas, and it feels like they've kind of hit some of those notes over the last week or so. So that's been kind of interesting to follow, and I, I had something today in Oklahoma just talking with Cyrus Moss about what kind of DeMarco Murray's uh, reputation is at Gorman. Is he that guy? And there is some of that, but you can also tell he's so far removed from it. And, you know, he was part of a couple of coaching staffs ago. It's not like there's a lot of continuity from – the David White era at Gorman to where they are now. So 
I, I think there, uh, there's clearly a, you know, we know he's a guy, we know he was a great player here, those kind of things. But, you know, there's also guys like Ronnie Stanley, who was, you know, an all-pro for the Ravens already. So, I mean, the, it's one of those deals where when you come from a great program, there's a lot of great players that have come out of there, and he's a little farther back. But at the same time, he's part of the recruitment of some of these guys that maybe wouldn't necessarily be. Like I said, Cyrus Moss, who is a outside linebacker. You've got Jake Taylor, who's an offensive lineman. Uh, you've got the Branch brothers, who are defensive backs. So maybe not exactly guys that he would normally be involved with so yeah i mean you're seeing some things like that i kind of got off the the question there but yeah it's definitely as cool as it's been in a while you're still not seeing a bunch of new offers going out you're not seeing a lot of the social media presence because coaches have other things going on finally yeah, and it's it's. I think it's going to be interesting with students back on campus, and uh, you know, obviously, you're going to have to make another decision on the dead period and extending it, which you know you expect to go into September. The thing that will be really interesting, though, is uh, if things get shut down, what do they do then? I mean, if if you're not playing games, do you go ahead and just start bringing people in? Because I think you'd have to. Yeah, one of the interesting questions that keeps coming up for me is, you know, we've talked a lot about the numbers on the interior of the defensive line, how they're going to work all that out. Well, how does that work as far as redshirting, not redshirting? Like Isaiah Coe, does he get to come in with four years to play three? Is he basically a freshman? Um, yeah. you know, I mean, basically a sophomore? Or does he count differently? And how does Oklahoma make make account for that in their scholarship numbers? You know, because they, they it changes your whole plan. Like, okay, he's going to be out of here by 2023. Well, okay, now it could be 2024. It just changes the conversation completely when you have to make those kind of decisions. And obviously Oklahoma is still making up their mind about what they want to do with certain other players. So there's a lot of stuff that's just wildly up in the air with all of this as you kind of read it and, you know, gather information because – you know, we were talking about early in the show how all the statements about statements are crazy, but the statements, even when they make them, don't mean anything. I mean, it's just kind of a, well, we're going to punt, and then like two weeks later, oh, the ch- plans change completely. I mean, what was it? Last week we were talking about, okay, OU and Missouri State, that's set for, you know, August 29th. Well, now we, we know that's probably not going to happen. I mean, it's all of a week later, and that's not OU's fault. It's just until – like the week of the game, it's hard to know what to take seriously. Yeah, I think at this point, it's more likely that game just gets played on the original date. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah. And with recruiting, you're right. It's it's going to have to be fluid. They're going to have to be ready to change on a dime. And um, I mean, the fall stuff is really interesting. I it just it just is. I I just I can't imagine guys wanting to play a football season. Uh, when they already have a scholarship secured somewhere else and they really know that there's something out there better for them, you know, whether it's whether it's high school to college or especially JUCO to college. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, you know, we're, we're talking about guys like Rashad Bateman and Micah Parsons. What about the high school level? I mean, like, a, a good example is Kamar Wheaton, five-star, got offers from everywhere you could want an offer from, does not play for an elite program in the Dallas area. They're not going to win a state championship. There's no big, you know, I mean, maybe he has that hope, but, I mean, anybody realistically looking knows they're not on that level. Well, at what point does he say, what am I doing this for? What? Why am I taking this risk? And, you know, 
I, I'm definitely one of those ones who don't think these guys are at any real risk of anything serious happening. But at the same time, if he's that one in a million, I mean, that's, like I said, it's just is the risk reward there for a guy like him. Now, some guy at, you know, Malik Silla at Katie, okay, if you leave this team, you could cost us a state title and, you know, your friends are going to remember you ever for forever for that. So there, I mean, like I said, there's varying levels of it, but it is, it's going to be interesting to see how these high school kids do this. And I guarantee you some are going to choose to walk away. I, I, it will happen. Outside of that, uh, anything that's really piqued your interest with recruiting? Any um, developments? Really what I, I would say is, you know, uh, we talked about last week, Damon Harmon and his announcement. Obviously right, he committed yeah. on Saturday. Um, and I think everybody expected that, so that's not a huge deal. I continue to hear really good things about Kelvin Gilliam, his teammate, huge target for Oklahoma on the defensive line. Uh, I, I think Oklahoma's in good shape there. Marcus Burris is getting very, very interesting, where I felt like that was pretty much a done deal a couple of weeks ago. It sounds like A&M has really come in and made things interesting down the stretch. A&M might even lead right now, but, I mean, it's, it's really close, and he's expected to have a decision probably this month. So we'll know more on him pretty soon. But if Oklahoma could reel in Burris and Gilliam on the inside, that's an incredible tandem uh, for Calvin Thibodeau and Alex Grinch and that whole defense. And kind of finally, still connected to the basically the same idea, the DeMond Harmon situation, he's been recruited, like I've talked about, as kind of a corner, kind of a safety, kind of depending on what happens with the numbers. Well, Jordan Gilbert put out his top five, a safety from Louisiana that Oklahoma offered, I believe, in February and had Oklahoma in it. I think Oklahoma's a very real contender there. He mentioned Alabama, LSU. I, I don't know how serious he is for them, but Oklahoma definitely likes him, and you know, when you take out those two, it's more like Mississippi State. It's, it's battles you kind of think Oklahoma can win, and if they were to get him, I think Harmon stays at corner. If they don't and Oklahoma were to you know find a way to get DeJon Warren or Kyrie Jackson or even Isaiah Johnson, who committed this week to Arizona State, if they were able to get him to take a look, then you can move Harmon to, uh, kind of to a safety role. So I think there is definitely one more defensive back in this class, but I think there's a lot of flexibility to who it could be, and that's one of the things I think Oklahoma really liked about DeBon Harmon is they get, he gave them a lot of options due to his ability to play, frankly, corner, nickel, or safety. I think he could fit in in certain roles uh, anywhere on that in that secondary. By the way, Eddie had uh, noticed this uh, during the podcast, but uh, now it appears Louisville is the next uh, Miami Marlins of college football. I, I it just it's going to get old every every time that somebody comes up with positive COVID tests inside the program, and then they link it to a party on campus. Good thing Texas doesn't have to worry about that since they already told their students. You can't party on campus or in the fraternity houses. So uh, I, I guess congratulations to Austin for uh, beating the virus. That's going to settle it. Shouldn't the, uh, the fraternities and sororities have to suffer, though, just like sports does? That they can't, you know, they just can't throw parties this year. I mean, that's, that's impossible. That's not going to happen. Hmm. Kids don't go to college campuses and sit in their dorm rooms unless they're losers, which they're probably I mean, not in. It's, it's just the world we're living in this year, at least. I mean, it's a, you're almost kind of becoming like an anti-masker with that stance. I don't know how much the masks help anyways. <laughs> God. 
<laughs> well, I'm wearing one, damn it. You might be. I, I feel like Carrie might wear one thing. during like, the pod. I don't pod. have a problem with people wearing them. I'm going to wear one. I just don't want to get a picture taken of me being in public without one. Like, I'm not, I'm not that big of an asshole. Like, if somebody wants to wear a mask, I just, it doesn't bother me. I don't know. I don't know how we've gotten to the point where people have just become so offended at stuff. I think it's ridiculous. just, I think it's just, you know, I, I, I think the, the standard thing is, you know, I'm not wearing this to protect me. I'm wearing it to protect you. And I know you've had the COVID and you feel like you're good. So, I mean, you have a different perspective than a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I, but, but I, I just, I'm still going to think you're an asshole if I see you in an on cue without a mask on. And I would think the same. Like, just wear them. I want to have a football season. I want to have sports. I want people to be able to go to the games. It just, it, it really kind of angers me that we are even in this position on August 5th when in f-ing at the beginning of April, even the end of March, we should have just, I don't know, it just wrapped this thing up. Like, I'm f-ing sick of all of it. I knew you are going to have to catch up with Gabe on the F-bombs. Like, he just dropped too many. And it was just going to be Eddie. It it just pisses me off so much that we are in this position at almost the, I guess, kind of the the middle of the road as far as like we might lose college football, and that really, really angers me. Well, if we lose college football, a lot of people we know will lose their jobs. Sure. Hell, we could. I think we will. (laughs) Will we? I don't know. Um, anyway, guys, anything else that, uh, that you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, not unless we need to round back to, uh, the Kendall Daniel stuff. Is there anything that any, I guess, not to be, yeah, should we get, we, that is impressive. I mean, we have to give him some props for how he handled that. I I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, kind of. There was there was all this stuff where people were kind of like hostile towards him, and I, I I don't understand it. The kid literally owned that Oklahoma let loose of him. Do you know how rare that is in a high school kid? I talk to guys all the time who are like, "Oh no, I, you know, I I told them no," and I know for a fact that's not how it played out. Not usually things don't play out this this Josh, publicly. Some would say that certain people make TV commercials uh, that don't actually accurately portray their recruitment. Um, that's been known to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, like it, it really is. It's, it's amazing. Um, that I, that he was so forthright and honest about it. And like, like I said, I really respect him. And I, I think you also, you know, we've talked to, talked about it from that side a little bit, but from Oklahoma's side, now, I, I can say from everybody I talked to, I don't think Kendall Daniels had ever told Oklahoma, I'm coming. So this story of, okay, that's where I was going to go, I, I don't know if that would have changed the whole conversation, if they would have known that going in. I, I tend to think it probably wouldn't have. I think Oklahoma had kind of made up their mind. But at the same time, I think it tells you a lot that Oklahoma is, like we've talked about in the pod, they don't care. They don't care about the the low hanging fruit. They don't care about oh we got to get this guy in state. They don't care about oh this guy's highly ranked. They they're gonna go after the guys that not only fit them 
you know, and I know we talk about physical, you know, oh, big, tall, long, fast, whatever, but guys who also are going to are gonna buy in, and I mean, I'm not saying Kendall Daniels is not a hard worker. That's not the case at all. But it's like anything else, guys. When you have to do something that you don't necessarily believe in, it's very, very hard to give it 100%. And I don't think Kendall Daniels ever bought into the idea of himself being a linebacker. And I think it's very hard to believe a guy like that is going to go into the weight room and get it to the training table and put on the 45 pounds he probably needs to be a college linebacker. Like That's a lot of work. It's not just deciding you're going to do it. There is a lot of work to make that happen. And uh, like I said, it's easier to do when you believe that's the right thing, and I just don't think Kendall ever did. And so I think Oklahoma just said, you know, this doesn't fit you. What you want to do doesn't fit us. Let's just go our separate ways. I find it fascinating, too, that it just it, – from the outside looking in, though, it is – I don't know about spin zone or whatever you want to call it, but it's just another – I guess I, I hate to attach the word failure, but it's another year that Oklahoma is going to miss out on the top player in the state. Like it, that, is a, that is a tough thing, I think, for people to swallow. I agree. I, I think – and as good and as top heavy as the class of 2022 is in Oklahoma, and the you know you look at the positions, you know obviously heavy at corner with Gentry Williams and Morion Horn, Oklahoma needs to hit on at least one of those guys, if not both. Talon Shetron, Oklahoma should be right there, and they are, um, you know, based on their ability to produce wide receivers. Him being just in the Oklahoma City suburbs, there's a lot there to like. So. Oklahoma needs to make some progress. Now, the same thing is going to happen with certain guys. And funny enough, one of Kendall Daniels' teammates, uh, C.J. Brown, is a big-time back, a really, really good player, power five player, no question about it. He's already a four-star in rivals. OU's not recruiting him. They're not going to recruit him because they're in on guys like Relik Brown and Gavin Sawchuk and Emeka Megwa. I mean, they're they're in a good place with a lot of big-time players. And as good as Brown is, he just doesn't, he's not going to fit into that equation. So it is, it's key when you're going to be that selective about who you choose to pursue in Oklahoma, you need to hit on the guys you're pursuing. Hmm. Well, um, all right. Um, sorry. I've, uh, Eddie's got me shook on, uh, marking all those F bombs on our DMS. Uh, they're marked. I've got a lot of work ahead of me uh, to get them all out there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, moving forward here, uh, we'll see. There's still a lot of – OU has to announce what their schedule is going to be, which I think is coming, announce what you know the fans and the stands plan is going to be. Uh, and the thing is, there's been all this talk, but nobody's really come through and announced it. And even when they announce it, are they attaching a, you know, subject to change? Like – could they just cancel all uh, fans in the stands before the first game at any time? I think that's a real possibility, too. So there's just a lot of uh, unanswered questions. Uh, and, you know, we'll have more answers. I mean, if it comes to it, we'll do an emergency pod if anything really big comes out. But uh, just know this. Oklahoma will continue with preseason camps just like everybody else. Uh, we'll continue to monitor what happens with the COVID. Uh, there'll be test results. Should be tomorrow. Uh, and you would think that if they were going to have a spike, it would be 
in this week's test results since they've gotten back out on the practice field uh, and really, you know, been face-to-face with each other. So uh, if you have an alarming number then, I, I just I feel like it, it – I, I see Leslie Nielsen standing in front of a fireworks warehouse with it going off. That's what our board will be like. Isn't that kind of like the, the NBA thing, though? It's like, why are these guys wearing masks at practice when they've all been tested to not have it? Like, I think the biggest test is going to be when the students get back on campus. I think they'll have another round but, of I mean, Eddie, if, if they've had people going to parties and stuff, and, and I mean, they can't be no, there with them 24 right hours. right now, though. It doesn't mean that there aren't a bunch of kids around. It sure. doesn't mean that Logie's isn't open. I mean, I've been to Campus Corner several times. Everybody's still going to O'Connell's. Everybody's still going to, and they're not wearing masks. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I, I just, I don't think that I'm going to be really that concerned until twenty-five thousand or forty thousand students get back on campus in Norman, or, or walking around on the South Oval, going into Dale Hall. That kind of shit worries me more than uh, the football players that are on campus right now, because most of the people. You know, it's, it's frat dudes that stayed around for the summer. I don't think that there was a, you know, just a ton of kids. But at the same time, I don't know. It just, I guess I'm very conflicted right now on which way this thing's going to go. And, you know, I I guess, and the other thing I did want to make clear, too, is this 1926, somewhere in there is probably where the Big 12 starts their season. I know that Toby Rowland had uh, reported that OU wants to have that game 14 days ahead of when the Big 12 starts. So, if the Big 12 announces they're going to start on the 19th, like you said, Carrie, I would imagine September 5th is the date of the opener. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 stressful. Every day is stressful. As we said, every day no you get kicked in the nuts once again. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Some earlier than others. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for this week's edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast. Uh, as I said, anything major develops, we'll try to put together an emergency pod, but... Uh, uh, if just things continue to go to plan, uh, we'll see you guys again here back next week where the shape of college football should be much different than it is right now. So uh, thanks to Bob Prisbillo who had to take off a little bit earlier. Thanks to Gabe Eichert uh, for joining us as a, a special guest. It hasn't been recurring yet, but we'll see if that ha- continues to happen. Uh, thanks to uh, Josh and Eddie. Uh, guys, appreciate it. We'll see you guys back here next week on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.